Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Illumineers Quest podcast, where we talk everything Lorcana. I'm Zach. And I'm Jacob. And thanks for coming on this journey with us. Okay, so this week is a fun one, I think, as well. I mean, I feel like we say that every time, but this is, we kind of jumped into this. So quickly, multiplayer. Like, yep. we had a fun multiplayer night, and we were all stunned at how fun it was. I, I, I mean, little... Spoiler hint for later in the episode, this is the most fun I've had playing Lorcana. I think it might be for mine, too. I mean, there's definitely the competitive side that you get with Lorcana and playing one-on-one and, you know, trying to build a really competitive deck and everything. This was just, like, the ultimate party game. Like, it was a blast. Yep. So, yeah, that's what we're talking about the as the main, main go for this episode, and it'll be really fun. If you haven't considered playing multiplayer yet, rope some friends in and do it, because it was a fantastic time. So... Um, yeah, as, as everyone knows, you know, this is Illumineers Quest. You can find us on YouTube as well for any of the videos or unboxings we do on Twitter at Lorcanapod. Uh, you can also email us at Lorcanapod at gmail.com if you have any questions or want us to address anything on a future episode. And then obviously the podcast is available on all major podcast networks. So kicking it off here, question, comment from a listener. We have a question on the clarification of Dinner Bell. From Twitter, so thank you, Vicky. Um, we kind of touched on this already, but just to make sure you hear it, we'll go over it again real quick. So we did have a mix-up when we were talking about Dinner Bell and the release of the second set, which is in Your Rise of the Floodborne. So you can use it on your cards, not your opponent's cards. Yep. But that being said, we still both feel it's super, super powerful. Yeah, and that, I mean, mostly that's because. If you have a card that's already done its job, like a like a Maui or something, Zeus. Zeus is Zeus, my favorite example. Zeus of that nature. You, you know, you can um, use Dinner Bell on that, and you're gonna get you're gonna get your money's worth, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you know, especially for Ruby right now that doesn't have any card draw. You know, I think that hinders the pairs that you can pair the ink with. And having, you know, Amethyst Ruby is one of the most powerful ones because, you know, Amethyst gives you the card draw. Ruby gives you a lot of the powerful characters with yeah. Aladdin Heroic Outlaw and Mickey Brave Little Taylor and Dragonfire and, and so forth. And so I think that that's a, that's a big hurdle that if you have card draw within Ruby, then that can allow you to get creative in the ways that you play with it. And we haven't seen any of, like, the big Ruby Floodborns yet, so they could even work into uh, the card draw. So who knows what the potential is for, for Chapter 2 for Ruby. Yeah, so again, really quick, you can it's an item so it stays on the board. You can use it to remove damage from your character and when that damage is removed, you draw cards for those damage and then your character is banished. So you yes. draw it on your cards only, not your opponents. And your tech, I mean the the bad side of that would be is being banished, but you're getting the draw out of it. Yeah, so. if you play it right, again, like if you play it into the the character that has already used its value, then it's probably a very good trade in your in your favor. So, so yeah, just wanted to clear that up again. Uh, thanks for the the question on Twitter, Vicky. And yeah, we'll, we'll if you have any other questions in the future like that, please reach out and, and we can address in a future episode. So, um, card of the week, card All of the right. day. I'm gonna go with be prepared. There's a few reasons for this. Because I used too many bad be prepared puns. That. <laughs> And um, we played a game last night, and I needed it, and I didn't have it. So it's it's on the mind. Um, be prepared. We'll go into it real quick. When it's a seven cost, is uninkable, I think. It is uninkable. It's a song, and um, 
instantly banishes all cards on the board. So your characters and the opponents, but yeah. or all characters, that's yeah, it. All characters. Not, not all cards. Yeah, so items stay on the board, but it's a get out of jail free card essentially. Like if you're in a really bad spot and yes. there's just no way out, that just kind of resets it. So you're still behind in the lore rapes potentially, but like if you have to, you know, stall for a turn and there's no other way to do it, it's a fantastic way to like reset it, you know, shift the momentum in your favor potentially and then go from there. So I've also seen in a game where someone used Whole New World and Be Prepared at the same time and it just like, okay, whole new whole new game, basically whole new world. Pretty much. Yeah. It was it was incredible. But that is insane. Um but no, I just think it it can say it saves you games constantly if you ha- like if you have this in your deck and you can consistently pull it every game it's going to win you games if you're playing a mid-range late game control or like an ink ramp where you have to like build up to your heavy hitters and your opponents in aggro this is a must because w- otherwise they're just going to run away with it one of the biggest like i think this is a counter to is emerald cuz you've got you've got cheshire uh, Hatter, Flynn, Hans, just all that lore out there, and they probably in those lower costs, so they can throw them out there. And they're very annoying to take off the board. Yes, and this just banishes all of them instantly, and you're not challenging them, so their effects don't all get activated. There's some that still get activated, but not all of them. Yeah, so it's all it's all pretty. It's a good one. I mean, it, like we said, it's a must. It's an incredibly powerful card. Probably top three for sure action in the game if there if there was a legendary song i think this would be oh it. for sure for sure that's a that's a very good way to put it um okay be prepared that's a that's straightforward i mean i, I think most people that have played are f- relatively familiar with it now if you haven't become familiar with be prepared yes, yes definitely <laughs> if, especially if you're playing ruby um, but even if you're not understanding your opponents and knowing that that might come will definitely help you out too Okay, I feel like this is a, a weekly thing now, but getting into kind of the what's on our mind from the past week is more Chapter 2 releases. I mean, there's there's some like generic ones. Like, I think there was like the Flynn, which is a vanilla. It's basically the same as Mini Olaf. and Olaf, but in green yeah. and uh, emerald. Yeah. Um, exact same. One, yeah, one, one cost inkable, one strength, three willpower, quests for one. So super vanilla. I was kind of salty about it because I like the the Flynn that's already out there is incredibly powerful, and so it's kind of like a, a regress. But I get like maybe they're filling them out, and maybe there's another one coming. And there could be gearing up for this. Could be a shift it could for be. a Floodborne. It could be. So who they could be gearing up for something like so that. So trying not to draw too many conclusions, but yes, I agree. So. That was one, the one that the first one that came out since we released the the first preview on chapter two was Pooh, the I'm stuck action, and so this was a fun one. It says chosen exerted character can't start at the at their next turn, so it's kind of a like freeze slash Elsa exert from the current Amethyst set, mm-hmm. and it is an Amethyst color or Amethyst card that costs one to to play. So it's I mean it's a, just another way to like you know put some dynamic into the gameplay that can keep. Um, your opponent from reaching the finish or keep them exerted so that you know you can challenge them if you want to get them off the board or keep them from questing or whatever the case might be but it's a it's a pretty just a different you know another way to do that was it one cost one cost yeah wow that's good value yeah good value i think so um but getting into the four that we got most recently Mm -hmm. um the the first so going into the action since we're talking action is bounce 
which I think is going to be really, really cool. It, really cool. Annoying in combos, too. And, and we, yeah, and we talked about that last night in some of the combos. So Balance is a two-cost, uninkable card in Emerald. And what it says is return chosen character of yours to play to the player's hand and return another chosen character to your opponent's hand. Yes. So basically, is... you each have one card go back to your hand. But, you know, the dynamic there is is you could either have a very like small like late in the game you could play like a one cost card just so that you could return it back to your hand with balance and then they get a really you know powerful one off the board on their side but the scenario that we went through last night because i really annoyed you with the genie plays to begin with was imagine playing genie which is an emerald card that has evasive ability but also has the ability that when he's played you may return chosen character to the player's hand genie on the job yeah, yeah genie on the job um so imagine you play him, and you return a card to their player's hand, and then you play Bounce, and return Genie to your hand, and then return another of your opponent's card to their hand, and then play Genie again. So you've returned three cards to their character's hand. And Genie is a good quester. He has evasive, and so he's good to keep on the board. Mm -hmm. But again, like if you're in a pinch, or if they have you know a couple powerful cards out there, like you can wipe the board clean. With 100%. one action, and it's two, and it's a two cost card. So I, I think I, I just like the concept of being able to like really manipulate the board and frustrate your opponent by not a, being able to get anything on the board. So I think that's a really fun one. Um, and then next, before we get to the big ones, are the Prince Never Give Up. It's a three cost steel card that has one strength, three willpower, quests for two. He has two abilities. So first one is bodyguard, pretty straightforward there. So another uh, body, another bodyguard in steel to go along with um, with Hercules mm -hmm. and a couple of the musketeers. And then resist plus one. So damage reduced on this character plus one. So he's got three willpower, but he's got resist, and so that makes him a pretty strong bodyguard because you got to hit him for two or three. At, at three cost with two lore, it, I mean, it's a pretty strong card. Pretty strong. I would definitely pick him over Hercules. You know, because the bodyguard's you know job is to get on there and, and protect the important cards, but he becomes a relatively important card with the two lore, and so yeah, I mean I think he can stay on the board longer with the resist. He can quest for two if you know you're able to take out the opponent and they don't have anything on the board. And so yeah, I, I think that's a really good one. And I think you know given the strong, challenging characters that you have in Steel with Captain Hook and. Uh, Prince Eric and a couple of the other bigger cards like he's a perfect you know mid time he to works, play in there he works in there he yeah. works well with those for sure okay getting into the exciting ones now there's two yep. more both Cogsworth mm -hmm. both Sapphire um, there's a two cost Cogsworth um, talking clock that is two strength three willpower quests for one but his ability is very different and yeah, very cool is. so his ability is wait a minute and it says your characters with reckless gain exert for one lore. So your reckless characters gain the ability to actually quest. That is so like so. There's a few things. <laughs> my initial thought, my initial thought going in was like, but why would reckless characters ever quest? That's like my initial. Like, yeah. I don't think they would ever need to quest. I agree. And then my second thought was like, okay, but this 
I could see a lot of situations where that would make sense. Where you're just... They already did, like, basically their one attack. They've got, like, two or one health left, maybe. They have more, more attack in them, maybe. I think that, like, Maui's the first one that comes to my mind. Or the Ruby cards, and I guess you could throw in um, Gaston with it. But Maui specifically, if he goes in, he's probably taking out whatever target he has. And then from there, you also stay on the board maybe he clears the board and so there's not another target for him to take but if he doesn't get taken out when he does that he's then a massive target to leave on the board and so even if he does quest that's a big red flag to keep on the board for your opponent and so maybe they will be inclined to try to take him out versus just leaving him on the board and so it's just like a big deterrent to keep out there and so i think it just gives you another dynamic for those that's cards. the thing is is like if they if they ever want to stop them from questing those cards are going to be banished like no matter what basically with all the high strength that those cards have they're going to be banished if they attack it so yeah for sure and then you know with the cogsworth on the board it's like well maybe he's the target then and maui slash gaston slash whoever your reckless character is doesn't get targeted so that they can do more damage yeah. so it could be a little bit of a decoy play there but i think that's a really cool concept i think it again gives more dynamic to cards that might be pretty straightforward right now but enables them to do really cool things but i don't even think the big use of that cogsworth card <laughs> is its ability or anything it might not be so there is currently a cogsworth in sapphire um but we're adding two more or is am I thinking of the the? You think I'm thinking of the item. It's Baroque, aren't I? The action. Yeah, yep. the action in Sapphire. So we're getting the Cogsworth card. So my mistake. Thank you for keeping me honest. But the big Cogsworth. So the second Cogsworth that I mentioned is a five cost Cogsworth grandfather clock. Incredible artwork. Have to just throw that one Flood out there. Floodborn. Let's go. But he is a Floodborn. He has two strength, five willpower, shift for three. And before I go any further, he's basically a better Aurora. Like, that's what it is. He's a much better Aurora. So I know you keep saying that, but imagine the both of them working together. I know, and, and I've done that before where I've played two Auroras and they're protecting each other, and so you can do that with these two. But, so Cogsworth, he has two abilities. He has Ward, just like Aurora and Sapphire, where you can't... Um, or your opponents can't challenge him or banish him. But then he also gives you resist plus one to the rest of the characters. So my first thought, of course, is imagine playing Sapphire Steel and having the big Cinderella that had been uh, leaked already or had already been shown off already that is the, the, like the behemoth, the Cinderella mm-hmm. South-Hearted that has resist plus two already has five willpower so a resist plus three you have to do four damage to even begin to touch her then if she's got resist plus three yeah so it's just it it in a yes so you're right the aurora plus the cogsworth giving everybody ward giving everybody resist plus one might possibly be the most annoying thing to deal with and you better have be prepared which we just talked about, to yeah. clear that board because it will be incredibly annoying to take anyone out. And I, I don't remember seeing this, but what is the rarity on Grandfather Clock? He is a super rare. So, these are both, you know, well, I mean, they're not legendary, they're so they're going to be more common. Aurora and and Cogsworth and Grandfather Clock. And Aurora's in the starter deck. So. Aurora's in the starter deck, so you have ways 
I mean, we don't know where this one's going to pop up. Could be in a starter deck. We don't know 100% yet, but... I, th- with five, just both Aurora and Cogsworth have five willpower. With resist plus one, basically gives them six. And it's going to be incredibly hard to clear that board. Because you have to attack into them because that you're going to have an entire board full of ward. So you can't do anything unless you're doing grab your sword. But that grab your sword only does one then. Yeah. You can't smash it because everything has ward. So be prepared is honestly the only answer I have right now. Yeah, and you're gonna need like the what we were saying with the the, the prince. You're gonna need those bodyguards to protect this, which you have in in steel. Which I think this is gonna work with sapphire steel is gonna work great. Yep. Um. So I think you're gonna need those bodyguards to protect it, and it's gonna be and the ink ramp of sapphire to get to the five, six, seven, eight ink cost cards quickly. And this shifts for three, so it's gonna be out there and early. And it shifts for three, so you could. You could do that, and so like on turn, you know, four or five or six, you could have a Cogsworth shifted and Aurora shifted, and since you can, you know, ink multiple times in Sapphire with some of the abilities and Gramatala and such, you could end up with seven ink, and you only, and you know, in the Cinderella shifts too, and so you're talking Cogsworth, Aurora, Cinderella, just game over. <laughs> and and what's even more broken is if you have four of these, you play two of them, resist plus two. To your Ooh, entire board. Yeah, that's a tough one. That would be resist plus four on Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, possibilities are endless with this. It could be ridiculous. So I'm really excited about that one. I was a big Sapphire proponent from the beginning. I think, again, currently it's limited to its partners because it doesn't have any card draw. Mm-hmm. So you have to really do it. And so I'm, I'm excited to see where this one goes. I, I think we're both just hyped for the stuff we're seeing. I think it's going to add a lot of new dynamics to the way that you can play the game, and it'll make it fun. 100%. It's it's adding a lot of excitement to the game. Yep. Okay. Any final thoughts on that before we move into the main topic? No, I think we covered all of it. Okay. Main topic, multiplayer. This was incredible. So we were all kind of hesitant to do this, I would say, just because we were like, eh, this we really This isn't the way to? you play, you know? Yeah, like, we're yeah. just... You know, again, we're new to the TCG space, but we're just so even, like, ingrained in the 1v1 because that's just what it's always been. But I will say, it is extremely cutthroat, <laughs> it is extremely political, and is it, it is extremely fun. <laughs> so, when and let me just clarify that, what I mean. So, it's extremely cutthroat because alliances form very fast. It's extremely political because alliances form very fast. And it's extremely fun because... It's there's so many more dynamics outside the cards itself. Yeah. Like you, you, I don't know. Give me your your best memory of the night, and then I'll. Um, I mean, part of, part of like what was going on was basically like uh, I would I would form with someone, and then they would be getting really good. Like I'd form an alliance with them, then they'd be like probably in the lead, so I'd take them out, <laughs> and that alliance was broken. Then everyone turns on me, so then I try to help everyone out by taking out the biggest threats by using all my things. So then I'm on, everyone likes me, but then I'm really bad at where I, I'm really really in a bad spot, and so. Is that scenario you played out the one where you backstabbed me? Are we gonna can we, can we get a little more specific about I, that? I backstabbed you and Dad. So. <laughs> so. To clarify this exact example that he just laid out, it was so it was so much fun. So we were there were four of us playing, and so there was a you know, a board of four that we were going in order with. And I don't remember the exact cards that were on the board, but the person that came before him 
and after me, so we were like on opposite sides. So like he went first, I went third. And then just like the rotation of turns, I was like, are you going to be able to take this out next turn so that I can do X, Y, or Z to you know help out with somebody else? He promised me, yes, he would do it. And so I made a different move to take a card off the board, given the information that I had just been given. Guess what happens when it comes around to good old buddy over here? He does not do what he said he would do. Completely backstabs me and goes a different direction for his own game. And so at that point, a line's broken. I'm all for myself. At to that point. clarify, I did not promise. I just said I would do it. I didn't promise, but okay. So we're getting into semantics here. I'm just saying, <laughs> promise. If you were to ask me to promise, I would. I promise is a big okay. deal for me. That's good to know then for yes. future games. I'm going to say pinky promise that you're not going to backstab me because we have to keep the alliance going, but. We played three matches, three different... So, there were, again, there were four of us playing. Three different people won the three matches we played. And so it was just super fun. I mean, the the cards that are strong, too... Like, none of us had decks built for multiplayer. We had our regular, like, best yeah, decks. Yeah. But after we had played probably one or... It might have been two games. We were like, okay, we got to build multiplayer decks. I, I did maybe buy a few singles that were specifically for <laughs> multiplayer so maybe 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 i didn't yeah maybe so I, didn't. I mean we'll get in, in in a little bit here like what we think could be some of the best multiplayer deck slash strategies um but it was just it was so much fun because you could attack multiple people and you could kind of gang up like if necessary you know on a normal circumstance if you know, your opponent's at like 17 or 18 lore, maybe even like 15 or 16 if they have a couple cards on the board. If you don't have a way to like clear that off your next turn, then you kind of are just, you know, going to lose at that point. But now you have three people mm -hmm. that can help pile on. So like, let's say player one has four cards on the board and all of them need to be taken off for the person to lose next turn. Well, there's three people that can gang up and take all those four yes. cards off. Or maybe yes. you have a Be Prepared or a Dragonfire or something that can just like a target those characters and then just poof, they're gone and you keep going. And it's so much fun because you can be at the finish line and completely get stalled out because there's so many people that can do stuff to you. Yeah, and um, I mean, there's strategy. You could be like, okay, I know my opponent will take out that – or like I know my opponent will take out that card, so I'm going to take out this one but also leave – my other card to quest because I don't need to use it that turn to take out this one because they'll take it out and yeah so many different strategies I don't know we kind of made the joke on are we supposed to talk on our turns because we were wheeling and dealing the whole time oh so, whole time so that's what I mean by political is we were forming the alliances we were wheeling and dealing and so like if you know player one goes we now have you know and, we, and it's like I don't know giant Tinkerbell or something crazy that's hard to take out you know, you have three turns then to deal with it. And so before the, the next person's turn, it's like, okay, guys, how are we going to deal with this? And <laughs> we all just like collectively decide what we're going to do about yeah, this big yeah. card. And so it's fun because you have that interaction. You have the laughs and the jokes of like figuring out what to do. And so it's just, yeah, it was it was a fantastic time. If you've, if you've got people that are a little bit more serious about it, then I don't think the fun fact like as fun factor would necessarily be there but you got to loosen up a bit yeah it's it's not a competitive it, at all not not at all it, it is purely for the fun of it and it is a lot and of the reason it's not that competitive is again is because if you're trying to play a political game and 
you do it wrong and you have three people against you, there's nothing you can do to win because it literally could be 3v1 at that point. So, like, the second game we played was the one that we talked about where you, quote, backstabbed me. Mm-hmm. And then at that, at the at, towards the end of that game, I basically, when it was my turn, had a choice of do I want one of these two people to win because someone was going to win their next turn <laughs> given the cards on the board and what I could do to stop yep. them. And so it was, okay, which one of these people do I want to stop from winning? And so since you had backstabbed me seven turns earlier, <laughs> I chose other player to win. Yes. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's not competitive because, you know, you kind of, sometimes the fate is out of your hands. You know, a lot of times when you're playing 1v1, you can really, you know, form your own path and really have the control of the game in your hands. And obviously, you know, you might lose, but all of that is between you and the other person, whereas now there's so many other variables that just make it so much more fun. I mean, and there was, like, I, I had a few cards that really, like, just so happened to work out. Like, I had the the two-cost, three-cost Aladdin that steals oh. one more for, from each opponent. Yep. So that was, like, I just had that in my deck for, I, I didn't even have Heroic Outlaw in my deck. So I just had that one to steal Lord usually. We so. should talk about the, the one-threes, like the Flens we mentioned. So, like, the, the, the Minis and the Olafs, yes. those were so annoying. And those might have been the best cards because... They were sleepers. Yeah, for sure, a big sleeper. Because, you know, most cheap cards will do one to two damage. I mean, you have some of the challenging cards that can, you know, challenge for plus two, and so you get to three or four, potentially. But the mini with three health, like, and it only quests for one, but it can't be taken out in one turn, and so nobody wanted to take... The initiative to do that first damage mm-hmm. when you could either take another card out it's like is there another option that's more impactful to take out because i can just either challenge it right away and be done with it or should i just quest myself and so the little bit extra health kind of just didn't make it a complete sleeper my my dad's mini quested for seven yeah <laughs> we he, he kept track because he, he was like he got it on the board early and nobody took it out and he was just like guys i quested this for seven this game <laughs> And so it was just, again, it was just one of those where you don't see it coming and it bites you in the butt. Because and... there's so many other bigger things on the board at that point. It's like, okay, no one needs to worry about this mini. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just your opponent has four other cards. It's opponent A has two other cards that are more important. Opponent B has mm-hmm. another card that's more important. Opponent C has two cards, one of them being, I don't know, or, you know. Cusco. Yeah, Cusco or something crazy. So it's just it was it was so much fun and so I was playing my normal deck that I've been playing on League, which is Emerald Steel. Um, I think it benefited me a lot in some ways. I think Emerald is really fun to play in this because they have a lot of big questers, and you have you know the Flynn Rider that makes your opponent that banishes them discard a card. You have Chessire, which automatically banishes a challenging character if they're banished. You have Cusco that you can't really do anything to directly. You have Jasper, which can slow down one of your opponents. And so what I think benefited me by playing Emerald was that people just didn't want to challenge me and was hoping that somebody else would challenge me because they didn't want to have to deal with the repercussions of challenging those cards. So I would say one of the biggest cards for me was Dragonfire. Because there could be a problem waiting in the wings, you know, drying drying ink 
that everyone's worried about, and like, guys, I got it, Dragonfire. Because there's know? three, there's three people that have could have played cards that turn. It's yes. not just like one card to Dragonfire. It could have been like three people, and so it's hard to get ink to dry sometimes on those big cards because it, you can like if two people are playing Dragonfire, there's potentially eight Dragonfires at any given time. Yes. To be played. Yep. So yeah, I yeah, Dragonfire was a good one. Um, we had a big, we had, I played steel, another one played steel. And so I think that was really annoying to deal with because there was just so much damage going out yes. left and right. Yeah. So that's really, grab your swords all over the place. Yes. It was insane. It, it, yeah. So any, so I guess we can kind of start to get into some of the strategy that we think would be like really good if you want to build a deck specifically for this. But obviously any card that does damage across the board versus directly is going to be insane. So the the best example is grab your sword. You know, normally if you're playing one opponent and you you know you can deal damage to three or four cards, that's super powerful. But imagine you're playing three opponents and you damage seven cards yeah. across three people. <laughs> like and, that's insane. And to even like grab your sword uh, card of the day, be prepared. Yeah, be prepared. We, none of us had it, but we were like, could you imagine at this point if it got played and like. Just wipes it, the board clean. There could be so many threats on the board from each opponent. Each it, player could have a. I want to have a be prepared multiplayer deck so bad because I can just picture everyone's reaction to me going dun 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 dun. <laughs> be prepared, <laughs> yes. and like everybody has to wipe the board. It would be just hysterical. It would be so fun. Um, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of cards that you think like you read them at first and it's like okay, this could be kind of good for sing like single player like. My opponent that yeah, beats them, and then there's in multiplayer. It's just like that. That is OP. It's so overpowered in, in and I mean like Heroic Outlaw is already one of the best cards in the game. It might be the best card in multiplayer. It it's insane. I mean, the text that is key here is when it challenges and is it defeat right. Each opponent, yeah. When you defeat your opponent, each opponent loses two lore, and you gain two. That each opponent, each opponent, so loses two all lore. three, and then again, like a card like Tangled or Tangle, that's a basically just says each opponent loses one lore. I've played that a couple times head on, but if you have that in your deck, you just want to like get a good laugh and make everybody lose the lore. You just play it and say ha ha and move on, <laughs> like. So anything that can do that, and then you think of like Ursula and Amethyst. That's yes. you know again a, a really strong head-to-head -head player because she's got so much health. But again, each opponent loses one lore when she comes into the game, and so you know anything that you're you have the ability to attack all the opponents at one time is is strong like that. I will say though, as just a small tangent before we get back to some of this, is you don't always want to put a big target on your back. No, you. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. Um, you you kind of want to maybe play play to everyone's liking for the first bit. Which know? again, I think kind of helped me with Emerald because those cards were annoying, but they're just you know on the surface kind of just normal cards. But you snuck up a few times, and the one you the one you won, you snuck up and yep. was playing everyone's game and gave it to everyone on your side, so we were taking out everyone else, and then you just popped out these cards, and there's nothing yep. we could do about it. Yeah, so, I mean, anything like that that, you know, can affect all of the board. I mean, you have the Rapunzel in, um, in mm -hmm. Ruby as well, that when you play this character, each opponent loses one lore. Which is essentially, in one-on-one, -on -one, an unplayable card, I would say. Like, it, 
There's just it's, so many better options. Yes, and it becomes a really good card in, in, in multiplayer. Yeah, so there's just there's so many other other things. So I think we have a little bit of competing theories at what what the best deck might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of I I still don't have it fully fleshed out. Like I said, I haven't built a multiplayer deck yet, but I've thought about it quite a bit. I think. Like a ruby, I think ruby's the baseline because you have Aladdin, both Aladdins that make your opponents lose lore. We just talked about Rapunzel, we just talked about Tangle, Dragonfire, be prepared. Like a lot of those are super powerful cards regardless. Um, but then I think it goes in between somewhere on the steel side is kind of where I've leaned and the reason of that being Big Tink and A Whole New World slash grab your swords so again you have a lot of stuff that can affect everybody and so a whole new world makes everybody draw seven more cards which would just again be fun because it's like huh, everybody draws seven more cards don't know if you, you don't care if you like your cards or not get yep. rid of them yeah and then grab your swords is obviously super powerful and giant tink again does damage to everybody and so it's just you know you have the ability to affect everyone in so many different ways um and you have the opportunity to replenish your hand with uh a whole new world so i yeah that's kind of my my inkling i haven't fully flushed it out yet i know you have a little different thoughts of where your where's your head at well definitely ruby i think like you said before it is the mainstay i think for for multiplayer um i, I think everyone except for one player was or no you weren't you weren't playing. i wasn't no okay. there were two rubies but i think we all agreed that, that ruby it was, was a mainstay um and then i i'm ruby amethyst you know me that's of course when i play in everything but that Ursula, if you're drawing cards for your opponent's losing lore, I mean, like, if you're playing a game like we did, so that would be each opponent loses one lore, that would be three people. Yep. So you're drawing three cards. Yep. And she's a, I mean, I think she quests for three. She's a huge tank. I, th- I think the, the, the theme, the common theme between our styles is that you get to a really strong late game. You know, yeah. you're, you're not going to have an aggro person that just runs to the finish line and beats everybody up in multiplayer. I mean, maybe with three players it would be a little different, but with four, you know, like if you're playing a super aggro deck and let's say on turn three you play three one-cost cards, you know, there's three other people that can deal with that. Yeah. And so even if you quest for three and so you're up to like, for say, four, five, maybe six lore, it doesn't matter. Like your, your whole board's wiped. Like there's there's no way to keep those cards on the board because there's just too many other threats out there, and so you have to have a really good, I think, card draw to keep your hand coming so that you can keep inking and get to this powerful stuff. But you also have to have a way to really deal with problems. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing with the amethyst is you're consistently card drawing with so many cards in amethyst, and so you're getting to your maleficence, your brave little tailors, your be preparedds. That your Elsa's. Your Elsa's with Amethyst. I mean, you're you're in a pretty good shape at that point. I agree. I think Amethyst is... is I mean, Amethyst is strong in everything. I mean, Amethyst yep. is just yep. a top-tier ink right now. I really struggled with the Steel and Amethyst, and I kind of went Steel just because I didn't want to agree with you, and I wanted to you know, have competing ideas, yep. which is yep. fine, but... Yeah, I mean, there you could. I don't think you could go wrong either way. I think both of them have the ability to really set yourself up for success. They both have their advantages. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> it was it, it. And then I guess the last thing I want to say, and I've kind of touched on this already a little bit, is 
Man, I played a political game. I was trying to make alliances with everybody. I was trying to make everybody else's problems seem bigger. I was the first person to say when somebody had more lore than I did that they needed to be the ones that were taken out <laughs> so that I wasn't the main target. And I think so I won the first game we played and I think it probably had a lot to do with that. I think and by then the second we and never let you want to win I, I think by the second and third I got close to the third one. I got close to the third one, but I think by that the second and third one, everybody knew my tricks, and it was very apparent to be, uh, I would say, very you know upfront with getting grabbing your own information, so not mm-hmm. relying on me to tell you what to do, but just making your own assumption or making yeah. your own decisions and not taking it from me because I formed my alliances and was very much a a loudspeaker for what needed to happen and. Usually, people listen to me the first round, not so much the second and third. No, no, we did that. We uh, we caught on to your game, but it, it but again, like that that just gives you a whole new dynamic. Like yeah. it 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 makes it so much. Like if you have good friends that you're playing with, it just it it makes it so much more fun because you're not just playing the cards. You're playing with your opponents and trying to convince them to do things that you want them to do when they're trying to win their own game. Obviously, so it was just yeah. I mean, I I'm smiling ear to ear just because it's it would like those memories are so good it was so much fun we had someone that we did not know was happening at the time but someone was recording us playing and they have they have audio and footage of us playing and it is some of the funniest (laughs) it is hilarious i think we played like we played until like 10 30 that night too like we started playing at 12 like noon Mm -hmm. and we played one-on-one for probably four or five hours you know there were there was a couple of us and so we would switch off playing each other and doing whatever and then like after dinner we was like let's play multiplayer and you know kind of like wrap it up or whatever and, and had you know it's been fun day whatever we played one and we were like holy moly we gotta go again <laughs> and we played another one and we were like holy moly we gotta go again and so we played forever that day because it was just so much fun once we got to the multiplayer. It was such a good time. Such a good Until time. Until all of us were just like dead tired and had to pack yeah. it in because... You was a lot of energy, you, you know. And oh, I, we were standing up and, and pointing. And, yelling. Yeah, and yelling <laughs> and trying to convince people to go on the path that would allow us to win <laughs> versus our opponents. <laughs> yeah. So... You, you definitely have to... I think the, the majority of the experience came from those conversations. I think if you were to just sit down at a table and just play your cards and like play with your opponents, I think it would be stale and you probably yep. wouldn't have as much fun because the chances of you winning are very low. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, I just don't, I don't think it would be as, as enjoyous of an experience. But if you just enjoy it, use it as a social, you know, a social game and have fun with your friends, like I can't... I, I would be shocked if anybody plays that and has a bad time yeah unless somebody has like a really bad attitude about it you know one of your meeting one of your opponents and that makes it not fun i can't think of another reason why you wouldn't have fun. you can't it you can't be i i know there's some like people that might have a hard time and maybe a little sensitive with people ganging up on them yeah i mean i yeah again you have to understand what you're getting into yes. and just and just have fun that's the number it. one and thing. not and not take it too seriously because I'm really like super competitive normally, but this was just it was just a party game, and so we were just having fun, and so Everyone I didn't I didn't take it time. too seriously, um, and so yeah, it was yeah it was I, I I could not stop saying how much fun it was and beg people to try this because you won't regret it. No, it it is 
again, I'll, I'll say it again, the funnest time I've had playing Orkana. The the dyn- it 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 bring it basically makes it a new game. Like it yes. extends yes. the life of the you know the the usability of the the game that you have. You know, we're all making these investments and buying these cards and playing the game. And not to say you get burned out playing one on one, but it just it makes it to where you know like if you're having a party or you're you know having a couple friends over, you don't necessarily want to play one on one. You know, because not everybody can be involved. It's like, well, everybody, come on, let's just you know play and do it all together. I so don't I, think there is a max, either. I don't. I don't. We talked about that. I think you. I, I. They might say four. They might not. Regardless, there's not like a limitation. You know, sometimes like Monopoly, for instance, like you can't play Monopoly with ten people. Yeah. There's just not enough properties. There's just, there's just this small space to live in, within the board and, and all the stuff you can do. If you want to play Lorcana with ten people. It might take four hours to finish a game <laughs> yes. because everybody would be attacking everybody, but I promise you, you would have a grand time doing it. Yep. And if you're playing with 10 people, you probably have to have a deck of like 100 cards. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you would be just be drawing for days having everybody attack your stuff. And so I would, I would say the sweet spot would probably be four or five. I think yep. five would still be really fun. Three is would still be great too, but I think adding that extra person in there just makes it a little bit longer to get back to you and yep. so it makes it a little easier for your to form alliances for your other opponents to help you defeat the really yep. strong stuff so four or five is probably the sweet spot but yeah i mean if you want to play with three or six i don't think that would be an issue no well i mean if there's any takeaway from this episode is get with a group of buddies and play multiplayer it seriously try it out it's it so much fun cannot recommend it enough so at much all fun. Okay, I think I think that about wraps it up then. Is there any, any final thoughts you have or anything we missed? No, I think, I mean, just, I think the biggest thing is how, I, if you play multiplayer, it gives so many cards new life, I think. And that's the, yeah, it, it, it does allow you to play cards that you normally wouldn't do. And so that's, I, I really like that idea as well and being able to, you know, come up with a new strategy that's completely different than you normally think of. So yeah, it just makes you think differently about the game, makes it more fun, makes gives you a different element, so... All right. Well, again, if you play a multiplayer game, hit us up on Twitter or X or email us and let us know if you had fun or what you thought or if you have any deck suggestions for multiplayer. Please let like if you play multiplayer, let us know. I would love to hear your experience. Yeah, I will, I want to hear some stories too that we can share because we had a great time and it was it was so much fun and we want to hear other people's experiences too. So with that said, I think we'll see you next time then. All right, see you guys. All right, everyone. Thanks. Bye.